What's going on, everybody? Welcome in. We have the Thursday episode, the Yates Cup preview episode, because that is pretty much all we're going to be talking about today. Wade, man, how you doing? I'm good. Uh, it's it's time. It's here. The Yates Cup, it's been built up. We haven't been able to see these two teams face off, but we will to this weekend. Uh, before we get started, I want to talk little bit about Sawdust City Brewing Company because if you're going to enjoy the Yates Cup from home, might want to go and pick up some of this beer. It's pretty damn good. Sawdust City Brewing Company offers brewery fresh beer delivered directly to your door. Visit their website at sawdustcitybeer.com to shop their wide variety of brews and to learn more. This November, CFP listeners, you get free shipping with your first order over $100. Use the code CFL at checkout to get that. Shipping is available to Ontario residents only, must be of legal drinking age. And get geared up for game day with Fox 40, the worldwide leaders in whistle tech. We know the season's winding down, but Christmas is coming up. Maybe that coach in your life has a dirty old coaching board with marker marks all over the board. Players, we all know that board is dirty it's muddy it hasn't seen a wash since it was brand new fox 40 has you covered on those and much more you can check out all their great products like the tri-layer whistle mask and the electronic whistle at fox40shop.com and while you're there you can use the code cfp15 at checkout to get 15 percent off your order again that's fox40shop.com Fox 40, the worldwide leaders in whistle technology. Quickly, before we do get into the Yates Cup preview, because that's the only thing that matters today. That's the only thing we're talking about today. Uh, We are going to mention the CFL a little bit, and we are just going to mention that we are not going to talk about the CFL. (laughs) That's all we're going to mention on the CFL. I mean, we know how it's shaping up. We know what's going on. It's the last week of this season here. I mean, Toronto just rested all of their players last night. As, as of the time of this recording, Toronto just rested all their players last night against Edmonton. Edmonton comes out with their f- like first win in forever. Um, but yeah, so we're, we're not really going to touch on the CFL because that's kind of set. We know how that's going to play out. I mean, it's week 16. We know who's in the playoffs. And there's playoff football to be played right now in Canada and not even playoff football, championship football. Uh, before we get there, first of all, I want to uh, take a moment to apologize to Coach Doyle at Frontenac for Connor obviously targeting you with that dirty coaching board uh, story we're talking about. <laughs> uh, so apologies to Coach Doyle. Uh, also, <laughs> uh, when we talk about youth sports football, Tuesday's top 10 comes out and everyone's making a big fuss. Who really cares? We've got seven teams left. The only ones that really matter are the ones that are winning this weekend. And it, like at this point, like there's not even 10 teams playing. So why does, why does the top 10 really matter? I mean, I saw that was still above Santa effects and people were kind of up in arms about that. But if you're telling me X just beat Acadia, like squeaked it out third and seven touchdown was needed to squeak out this game despite how many yards and points they were able to put up uh so some esports voters think if they lined up against laval who lost two close games they got blown out with their backup quarterback when they had their starters and they lost two close games to the caribbean like people think that they would still line up and beat x i'm sorry but at this point in the year who really cares 
Yeah, no, I'm I'm with you on that. Who cares about the top 10 right now at this point in the season? It doesn't matter. There are the players don't like you said, there's seven football teams left in the country. One has already moved on. They're just waiting for a game to be played. That is the Montreal Carabin who won the Dunsmore Cup. We're ra- waiting for the rest. We're waiting for the rest of the provincial championships to sort themselves out. So, yeah, I'm with you. Right now, the top 10 doesn't matter. The only thing that matters is winning your next game and getting into the national semifinal. Uh, also announced, oh, wait, all-rookie team. couple quick notes. Jackson Cooling, big fan of the big play over here. Uh, we love Jackson Cooling's big playability. Perfect spot. Evan Hillix, obviously he's quarterbacking one of the Yates Cup contenders this year. And Ashton miller Melancon, the youth sports and OUA leader in interceptions, kind of deserving of a spot on this list as well. Uh, there's tons of guys on that list, but uh, those are three guys we wanted to highlight. If you want to catch out any of their games to see how they've done this year, though, you can check it out at OUA.TV. It's free to sign up live and on-demand games. So you can watch this week's Yates, I believe, there as well. Go ahead, check it out, any game you want from this year. Like, you can go back and check out week one, Toronto, Ottawa. You can go and check out the last week where, you know, we had Ottawa playing in Queens. Check out any game, seriously, on-demand, free to sign up with your email, OUA.TV. All right, here we are. We can talk about it. We got through the other stuff. Yates Cup preview time. We didn't talk about it on the Tuesday show. We did all the other previews. We were saving the Yates for Thursday because we are excited to get there. And by us being excited to get there, I mean physically be in the stadium. Because for the first time since 2009, Wade and myself will be in Richardson Stadium for a Yates Cup final. And the last time that that did happen, there was not just of offense, but there was 1,024 yards of passing the last time that these two teams played for a Yates Cup. 1,024 yards of passing in one game. There was blown knees. There was passing yards. There was Jimmy Allen chants. There was natural grass playing surfaces, if you can believe that. Best field service I've ever played on to this day. And there was a fully loaded student section half. Not just the little corner that they've relegated the student section to in the new stadium. A full half of the stadium. The entire eastern side was just loaded with students. Uh, I am hoping they can come anywhere close to matching that level, but let's be real here. It's probably not going to come close to 2009. Uh, it could that, be yeah. energy, though, in the new Richardson Stadium. Yeah, I mean, that that 2009 Richardson Stadium, that was electric. That was just a different type of vibe, a different type of atmosphere, a different type of energy. Like, honestly, in, in games that I've been to, feel free to agree with me. I think you would, but, like, in... in in terms of sport, live sporting events that I've been to, that 2009 Yates Cup final is one of the best that I've personally like been live in the in the stands for. Like that was just a different type of feel. That really was like the entire city of Kingston was coming together for that that Yates Cup run. Absolutely, the Vanier run, I should say. It turned into a Vanier run, but uh, it started against the Western Mustangs. And this year, Western, still a dominant force. Uh, Let's talk about the Mustangs here because they come in 
one loss on the record, week two loss to the Guelph Griffins, which they have avenged since. But they are carried by that two-headed monster, Keon Edwards and Trey Humes. Keon, the league leader, like I'm talking you sports leader in yards and touchdowns. Trey Humes only played in four games, but he's got almost 300 yards on the ground and still added five touchdowns. So they are a tandem to be reckoned with, and it's where their offense really starts. Yeah, it really does. I mean, two of the best running backs in the entire country. Keon Edwards, you said it, he's the leader in the country in rushing yards. But Trey, Trey Humes, man, in terms of production efficiency and scoring, Trey Humes is up there in touchdowns as well. I believe he's top 10 in the nation with his five touchdowns. It doesn't matter the type of game that they're having. They're always going to play hard. and They're always going to hit you in the face. And that's what the Western offense has really been built around this season. But there is somebody on the back end of this offense that we do have to mention. Uh, there's a couple guys because we've got Evan Hillix who, I mean, since he's taken over, they haven't asked him to do too much. But he still is able to put up numbers, right? Like he's got 231 and a half yards per game. Uh, he's only thrown 54 completions, but he's still almost at a thousand yards. So uh, lots of chunk plays. And one of those guys that gets him, Savon Magne Jones, OUA leader in yards per game, fifth in U Sports in receiving yards. And he does it on 27 catches. Like for reference here, the Philpots are both over 40 and they're one and two in receiving yards. He's at 27 and he's right there. Yeah, Western doesn't really. I mean, I guess that's just been OUA football this year, but like Western is not putting the air in the ball 40 times a game. Like they're just not. No OUT, no OUA team really is. But for Savon Magne Jones to be as productive, as efficient as he is when the ball is in his hands this season has been incredible because he's not doing it. He's got limited targets. Like you said, I mean, what, 27, 27 targets through the air, but uh, it, it speaks volumes to what Western is able to create with their offensive scheming as well, though. I mean, to have these limited opportunities for Hillix to put the ball in the air and to still average 230 yards a game is pretty impressive. But uh, it, again, it circles back to, Humes and Edwards right because when you have those guys going it allows you to run this kind of play action read style offense where yeah Hillix can pull the ball and then fire one to Magne Jones who just snuck behind coverage because you're too worried about Hillix releasing that ball and letting either Humes or Edwards run with it and uh couple that with this defense because they're ranked number two in the fewest yards per game they are suffocating. And the guy that has really turned it on late, Deontay Knight, he's a U sports leader in sacks. He's turned it on. He passed Anthony Federico in the final week of the year. Uh, seven and a half compared to Federico's seven. But this defense, they are deadly. And they are led on the back end with veteran presence like Rory Kelly. They have guys who have been on Western for years and in that system, as in Danny Valenti, Kojo Odum. Uh, so they are really a well-rounded unit and they are piecing it together at the right time of the year with Evan Hillix finally starting to peak. Yeah, I want to talk about, I want to take a, take a minute and talk about Rory Kelly, the AUS transfer, the, the Acadia transfer, because 
he's somebody that's really, really impressed me since we kind of ran into him a few seasons ago at the East West Bowl. He was a 2019 East West Bowler, was playing at Acadia. Obviously, we know how the story was written with the 2020 season. We don't get it. And then he comes in and he transfers to the OUA in 2021. And Wade and I were kind of looking at the rosters preseason. And I went, hey, Wait, uh, did you did you see that Rory Kelly is now playing for Western? And we both kind of just went, oh, no, because he's not one of these guys that gets a lot of national attention. And I mean, he, he does from the guys like us that just sit here and have nothing better to do. And we watch uh, U Sports tape on repeat for an endless amount of hours. But um, he's one of these guys that when when you do break the tape down, when you do put the tape on, he stands out because. He's just so smart. He's always in the right spot. He's always in good coverage. He's always over top of defenders when he's supposed to be helping. He's rarely caught out of position, and he breaks on the ball so cleanly. He's just added another element to this already very good Western secondary that's allowed them to just kind of run around and play free on the back end, and it's it's created havoc for opposing passing sacks. And uh, let's move through Queens quickly so we can get back to that Rory Kelly matchup because I've got some interesting thoughts on that. But uh, for Queens, it's all about Rashid Tucker, letting Rashid rock. That was our motto preseason. Uh, they were listening down in Kingston, down in the Limestone City, 697 yards, eight touchdowns, trails both categories to only Keon Edwards, uh, nearly 400 yards and five touchdowns in the postseason from Rashid Tucker, though. So he is turning it up. As the postseason gets going, obviously in their two blowout wins, they have relied on the ground game to just kill clock and get out of town. Uh, but he's the lifeline of this offense. It goes with him. It starts with him and it ends with him. Uh, he finds the what end you, zone. <laughs> what do you say about a guy that averages 200 yards and two and a half touchdowns through his two playoff games? Like, what? <laughs> what? I'm sure the Western defense will not be happy if he gets anywhere close to that 200 yards. Uh, but while they have Rashid carrying the ball as well as he does, you can't sleep on James Keenan. I'm no, you absolutely triple can't. Triple down because hopefully they aren't going to get into a blowout this week, but this is going to be the week that they actually have to let James Keenan let it loose. Um, is it? Yes. Is it? Because the last two games, they've just been able to kill clock after the first two quarters and get out of town. So they don't need him to throw the ball high volumes. But he has 1,100 yards of passing, six touchdowns. They throw a great deep ball. He has a they lot do. of touch. He can place the ball right on the sidelines uh, if it needs to be. But he also has a crazy amount of escapability, and he is very slippery in the open field to bring down. So... Uh, with James Keenan, uh, this is the third week I'm going to say it, and I finally think it's going to be true because they can't just run the ball against a defense as good as Western's. No, no, they can't because Western averages or holds team holds teams, I should say, to under 100 rush yards per game. Not looking like it'll bode well, but sorry, if they can't because Western allows under 100 rush yards per game. I don't know if they've run into a guy like Rashid Tucker yet in the Western side of the OUA, but uh, the, the run defense certainly this year has been phenomenal. 
But James Keenan, uh, quickly, you mentioned his ability to get outside of the pocket. I don't think they track the stat in, in OUA football. I know they track it in the CFL, but uh, we got to get on this for OUA because Keenan would definitely lead the league in escape runs, in, yes. in getting out of the pocket. He would easily lead in escape runs. Um, but yeah, let's break down this matchup a little bit further. Let's get into the nitty gritty of Western actually playing Queens. We previewed the teams. We know what they do. I think uh, if you've listened to us all season long, you probably know well enough by now what these teams do as well. But uh, you remember when we said that this was like that, that Guelph and Laurier was kind of that Spider-Man meme game? I think this is a little bit more so than that. Great defenses. Running backs are one and two in the nation. I mean, even even Deontay Knight to Anthony Federico, it's like seven and a half versus seven sacks. Like uh the the matchup I want to talk about right now is Keenan against the guy we talked about, Rory Kelly. Because Rory Kelly has the veteran experience, but James Keenan is seemingly that guy at quarterback. He is going to make people miss and run around and pick some spot late in the defense and fire a ball in there. And it may be a completion. It may be a breakup. It may be a pick. You never know where it's going, but it always seems to go for Queens. But this week they play a safety in Rory Kelly that I think makes them pay for that. Uh, I want to see James Keenan throw the ball around the park, but I don't want him to be careless with it because I think Rory Kelly is going to be opportunistic here and make something happen for the Mustangs. Yeah, again, like I I was joking around saying, like, I don't think I don't think Western's played a running back like Queens yet, but I don't think Queens has played a a defense with a safety like Rory Kelly. And again, this is a guy that is an East West bowler. He was arguably one of the best defensive players in that East West Bowl game coming out of the AUS. So showing that he absolutely is not uh, not suffering from that AUS tag that he's got that. East Coast small town superpower vibe that just seems to get these East Coast guys into the league. But Rory Kelly is something special, man. And if James Keenan isn't on his isn't on his playbook, isn't on his film, isn't pinning the ball where it needs to go, like if he starts being a little reckless, a little loose with that ball, like we did see at times in the 2019 season, I mean, it, it could spell a bad day. Now I think Keenan has made leaps and bounds since that 2019 season. Obviously, he's had nearly two full years or at least a year and a half to get ready. But when we talk, when we're looking at this game, when we talk about the quarterbacks going back to 2009, something that we had was veteran quarterback presence. I mean, Folds and Brannigan were both at the, at the back end of their careers, both kind of those fifth year guys in this one, Keenan is a second year quarterback and Hillux is a rookie. Like how do we think this is going to factor into the game? Because this isn't a situation and I guess it, it doesn't it doesn't harm or help. I know Western as a team has that experience, but it's a different ballgame when you've got to be the man under center and lead your team into this one. Uh, both both quarterbacks very young. I think uh, this year is kind of unique. Usually, I'd say this is why they are the two best rushing teams in the country. Is they have young quarterbacks. They don't want to just hand the ball over to them and say, "Here, throw the ball fifty times and win this game." Uh, but in this situation, I mean. Keenan has game experience and he had the year off. So really he's a third year. Hillix, I believe was a commit for the canceled 2020 season. So he's had a whole year to learn and grow with the team in practice. So yes, they are young in terms of eligibility used, but these guys have been in their systems for quite some time. Uh, They both know it and they've 
are, both have the full trust of their coaches to go out and throw the ball if need be. But I think that the young aspect of the teams, it doesn't really make a difference with the run games they both have. We know they're both run first offenses. Uh, Queens is going to run the ball with Rashid and they're going to take a lot of traps and slices and powers and they're just going to pull and pin and uh, try and get some open gaps for Rashid Tucker. And that's where the, the second the second level defenders for Western is going to really have to step up. And on the the other side of the ball, I mean, when we're looking at this, the the matchup for, I guess, the Western side, when Western, when we look at Western's run game versus Queen's defense, this is a, this is a Queen's defense that's allowing around 86 rush yards per game. One of the best in the OUA, if not the best in the OUA, like how does, how does Western kind of gash this Queen's D because they have looked like one of the best in, in the country. Now, again, they haven't played a team like Western in the OUA East with the split this year. They haven't had a team with as aggressive a run game as Western. They've played Ottawa, who has the volume run game, but I don't know if it's as effective as the Western game has been this season. So, like, what, what does that look like for this Queens D? Because we talk about Rory Kelly and Deontay Knight, but on their side of the ball, again, they've got Anthony Federico who can create some havoc. They've got Nolan Bedard, who's a veteran in the back end, Thompson McCallum. Now, and now obviously the rookie who's leading the OUA in interceptions, Ashton Miller Melancon. And don't forget about Keegan Vanek, too. Uh, he, he's been playing half for them all year. He doesn't quite have the statistical numbers, but he has been flying around. Uh, for me, this comes down to one thing for Queens can they match the physicality of the Western Mustangs? Because we always hear every OUA year, every U sport season, Western does what Western does. And that is push people around. Week in, week out, they come out, they push you across the line of scrimmage and they gash you with it. And for Queens not having to play that physicality during the regular season, it's going to be a question of whether they can stand up to it early. And if they do, can they then continue that late? I fully trust that Coach Beckmanis will have a scheme ready to go to stall them, but it's whether or not they can match it. The players themselves can match the physicality of the Purple Pride and the Purple Rain in the Western Mustangs. There's no doubt. There's no doubt that Western is a tough team to play no matter the circumstances of this season, whether it's the first game of the season, whether it's the fourth game of the season, or whether you're playing them in the Yates Cup. Like you said, like we all say, like we've been saying for the last what it feels like 20 years, Western does what Western does. They just play bully ball. They punch you in the face. They push you around and they just they let you know that they're there. But um, this year, we'll see. We'll see. It should be an interesting game because one of the storylines that we haven't really touched on yet and that we'll, we'll get to quickly here before we jump off, Coach Snyder, man. What a turn for him. He comes in, takes over this Gales team in 2019. They have a pretty meh season. Yeah, it was an all right year. You could see a lot of positives, a lot of potential. I don't know if anybody saw this potential coming out of Queens after 2019. And I I mean, we were, me and Wade, we were, we were pretty vocal about where we thought Queens was going to get to on the podcast. I don't know if we thought that they were going to get there this quickly, but man, what a turn, what a story for coach Snyder, because now just, I guess, technically in his third year, third season with Queens gets to face off against his old team, the Western Mustangs for that Yates cup. 
And if he gets past this and Santa FX wins, he'll get to face off against another one of his former teams on way to the Vanier Cup. Uh, the story for Coach Schneider just keeps getting better. Uh, I saw it. I went and watched a, a training camp practice my the first year Coach Schneider was there. Uh, I think it was a spring practice that first year, and I was like, oh, this culture is different. Uh, I thought they had the players. I didn't think they would put it together this year. I thought next year would be the time for Queens. Uh, but I'm so glad to see the Gales rock and yellow all the way back into the Yates Cup when they are playing good football. It is great for the country. Oh, man, no doubt. Absolutely no doubt. When when Queens is rolling, it just seems that, well, I don't know, maybe this is a bit of a bias, but when Queens is rolling, it just seems like the entirety of the OUA is rolling. The entirety of the OUA is competitive. It's just, it's been a lot of fun this year alumni network so whenever it feels bigger when when queens is doing well in any sport just feels so much bigger uh because of their network which is really crazy and i'm hoping that they show out for this game i know they will but it's a shame that uh we won't get any of the traditional you know band and the jacket slamming and oil thigh seems pretty much dead to rights uh when you when they do score a touchdown but uh hopefully that can kind of come back this week at least for the week come on like come on kingston come on queens alum come on queens fans show up show oh, out students like they, even even i carried on you can't this rely on be, 80 year old alumni to get up and belt out the oil thigh after every touchdown this this may be involved. blasphemous to say this may be blasphemous to say but western fans make the trip down support your team pack the stands Remain unbiased here. Let's just pack Richardson Stadium so that we can get a great Yates Cup. But I do, before we jump off, one more thing. What size is Cinderella's glass slipper? And what size is Queens's foot? Is it going to fit here? Is this like a perfect 10? Or is it like, is it like Cinderella's got, or Queens has got like a size nine foot and the, the slipper is like a size eight and a half. It's just a touch too big. What do we got here? Uh, I don't want to make a prediction. I'm, I'm too excited to get there to the game. No, I'm just asking. I'm just telling you to guess a shoe size. <laughs> what if we go like nine and a half and they can squeeze a 10? I don't know. <laughs> Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> they might be a bit short, but there's room to grow. I don't know. I don't know. What is this? <laughs> toddler sizes you buy it a little too big and hope that you can fill it out one day (laughs) i don't know uh but we will be there so please tune in to cf perspective social media channels uh we will be there march is going to be there uh we're very excited at connor r o'neill at wade zank uh if you want to watch the game online you can do so at oua.tv so please get tickets if you can and and you're in the area if you want to make the drive uh Let's get ready for the Yates Cup. See you guys in a couple days.